Here at Early Excellence, we specialise in early childhood education. We offer expert advice and guidance through training, consultancy and classroom design. With the Early Excellence podcast, we aim to inspire and support you as well as challenge your thinking. So if that's what you're looking for, you've come to the right place. Hello, everybody. Andy Burt here with episode 88 of the Early Excellence podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, In this week's episode, I'm joined by my colleague, Luella Ivans, as we talk all about a dough area, a really effective dough area. And it got us thinking, really, do you have a dough area? Do you have an area for dough play within your classroom, within your learning environment? If so, How effective is it? Does it work? Does it not work? Are you happy with it? Have you made changes to it? Um, Either way, in whatever point you're at in terms of the development of the space, I think you're going to find this episode useful. So listen in. Here's my Early Excellence podcast chat with Luella Ivans. Okay, so I am joined by my colleague, Luella Ivans. Luella, how are you doing? Hi, Andy. I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all, thanks. Um, so we're going to talk about dough, aren't we? We're going to be talking about a dough area within a classroom, within an earliest classroom. First of all, let's start with the benefits. What are the benefits of having a dough area? There are many, aren't there? Tell us about the benefits. Yeah, there are. And I think dough is a really interesting topic because... Um, it, it offers so many different key learning opportunities for children, doesn't it? And I think, you know, some of the obvious ones are definitely around expressive art and design and that idea of um, kind of having a plan, carrying it out, experimenting with the dough, because it's it's never a kind of a fixed end product, is it? It can always become something else, um, which is something that's really nice about the dough, I think. You can kind of use it in different ways and change it so that plan constantly can keep changing as you become more creative with that dough um and I think often when we think about dough we think about kind of the physical side of things and strengthening those fine motor muscles and looking at at how dough um is a really useful tool in developing those fine motor skills and I think it's that's usually the one, isn't it, Andy, that that we see in most schools as dough being used in that way. Um, but I know, you know, when we go out in schools, we'll often talk about dough as being probably one of the most collaborative things that will happen in the classroom because children will naturally want to do it together. They will naturally start to host a conversation as they're engaging with dough. They'll start to talk to each other about kind of the materials the properties they might even be role-playing with the dough and using language to create narratives and talking about texture pattern shape you know there's a whole host of opportunities for dough um and I think as well you know it's easy isn't it to think about it as being kind of a, a very creative thing to do um but I think also there's some science and maths in there too isn't there Um, lots of opportunities for thinking about kind of scale and size and shape, space, measure um, and opportunities as well to look at making links 
You know, children are, are actually able to make miniature versions of things that they've seen. They're able to combine materials in the dough area in a way that's very different to any other area. You know, of course, you can combine uh, materials in your workshop and paint area, but that's very different and it's much more permanent than combining materials in the dough area. So it kind of offers that different opportunity for children and it offers them to be, it offers that opportunity to be creative and to think critically in a very different way, I feel. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Andy? Yeah, definitely. I think all of those things that you've said, I think they're really good points. Yeah, the other thing that I would add to it is that I think in terms of children's um, children's security, and, and growing confidence, I think it's a very good area to have. You know, if, if we were talking about areas earning their place for particular reasons, there are some areas of the room that earn their place, partly, of course, because of the resources and the materials and the links to, to learning, as you've just mentioned. But also, it's, many of these areas earn their place because of the kind of the, what they bring in terms of the personal, social and emotional development of the children. I think a dough area is a great area for children to almost sort of relax into. You know, that you'll often find children who, who are finding it difficult to settle. Um, you know, perhaps they've found it really difficult to separate from a parent or they're finding kind of just coming into school difficult, maybe kind of maybe there's just such a lot going on, maybe it's noisier than they've ever experienced before and it's very unsettling. I think a dough area and, and similarly a sand area or a water area, those sort of very tactile experiences, they often provide the, the opportunity for children to kind of almost sort of reset themselves, um, you know, that kind of just to sort of settle and to, um, to really to start to kind of be able to, to be able to explore with the dough whilst also watching what's happening around you. You know, it's often not just the experience in its own right, is it? It's often that I'm going to sit here at this dough area and whilst I'm rolling the dough or I'm doing something that's quite repetitive and soothing, I'm also watching what else is happening around me as I get used to this new space, as I get used to what happens in this nursery or what happens within this reception class. And I, I'm kind of finding my feet. So I think it's a space where actually children often find their feet a little bit. So I think it's important for that reason as well. That's really interesting. I've, I've not really thought about that, you know. Um, and it, it, it it's kind of like that, that soothing feeling that I, I, I know many people get, I certainly get, from baking. You know, when you're at home and you're baking and you, re- you really relax into it or, you know, for some people it might be cooking or doing a certain sport or something like that. But for me, it's always baking and I find it really relaxing. And when you just mentioned that idea of it's quite soothing and it allows you to take in your surroundings really fully. Um, yeah, really powerful. I hadn't really thought about that. but Yeah, really no, I think it's important, isn't it? I think, I think it's important to think about the emotional environment for young children. That of course, what we know is that when young children feel safe and secure, when they have that higher level of well-being, um, that actually then learning is more effective. Learning and development is more effective. And so providing many of these areas, the traditional areas, the sand, the water, the dough areas, they are 
they are traditional for a reason, I think. And one of the reasons is that actually children find it easier to settle. They find it easier to to become uh, some a young person who's safe and secure or feels safe and secure within that space. I suppose a link to that, of course, as well, is that is that importance, uh, as we've talked about before, of 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 the space itself not being an, an area that changes a lot. You know, we talk about continuous provision a lot, of course, as part of our training, don't we? That that actually we want that environment to to really be a space that children know that it's going to be there. They know what is going to be within that environment, that they feel empowered, they feel in control, they feel a sense of autonomy by going into this space. And I think I think when we think about a doe area particularly, that's something that actually that's sometimes not always the case. You know, for a doe area, um, I do find that it's a space that actually gets rotated quite a bit. And and I think that actually that doesn't necessarily help when we think about children's autonomy or security or independence. You know, the, the dough might come out where, you know, once every three weeks rather than actually something that happens every single day. Is that your experience? You know, yeah, yeah. What are your I thoughts think, on that? I think, yeah, absolutely. I'd completely agree with that. And I think, you know, it's got to be something that we have out all of the time. If children are, you know, not only the th- those things you were just mentioning around independence, security, continuity, but also around opportunities for children to revisit and consolidate their skills and knowledge in that area and to really get to grips with what they're doing and become really competent learners in that space then they've got to have access to those things but yeah I completely think you're right um you know sometimes we're kind of have those conversations with schools around rotation of resources and more often than not it it might be that it's dough one week and then the next week it's um I don't know, corn flour. And then the following week, it's it's some other sort of malleable material. Um, and, and there's absolutely a place for enhancements, isn't there? But I think keeping that core dough provision at the heart of your practice, having a table in that area so children can sit round together and collaborate rather than doing it in a tough tray. Um, I think it's far more powerful. Um, and it, like you say, it leads back to that sense of security, but it also supports that that language and development um, around independence so that they're able to become more independent. They can find the things that they want. They've got the language to use in that space because it's not continually changing. Um, And I I suppose with that thought as well, um, there's that idea of having a dough area there all the time that's available for children so not just bringing dough out as a quick intervention that happens to music on the carpet where and we see this quite a lot I think don't we Andy that 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 will often happen where dough is is used as an intervention it's used as maybe a 10 minute thing we do every day to warm our fingers up and there's absolutely a place for dough and fine motor a hundred percent um but let's think beyond that. Let's not just offer dough for 10 minutes of the day every day, but let's offer a dough area where we can return to those ideas. Absolutely supports the physical skills as well, but supports so much more than that. All those things we touched on at the start, communication and language, expressive art and design, understanding the world, PSED, literacy, maths, you know, the list goes on, doesn't it? There's a real 
there's a real kind of argument for having that space I think yeah definitely no I agree I, th- I think um, when we just use it for an intervention kind of handing out the dough and then kind of collecting it back in we're missing out I think potentially on so many other kinds of things that can happen you know so for example I mean like I said the emotional environment I think is important um, I think dough as a as a an, as a material for children to explore and use I think is is also key on in an ongoing way because because of the the fact that it's not permanent as you mentioned before you know so particularly children who will be quite self-conscious you know they won't want to to create something which is permanent they'll actually quite enjoy the idea that that they can just sort of squish it back to its original shape and then have another go and then go back to kind of rolling sausage shapes or whatever it might be and then have another go and that in itself I think is important for many children that actually that you're not just creating something that is always going to be there and so so yeah for many different reasons I think having a dough area and having resources and materials that go with it and to have thought through what resources there are there are there I think is key um but also to keep a check on those resources you know the materials and resources within a dough area they do need to be checked regularly. Um, we, need, we, need, we do need to check the detail of what's being offered because there are so many possibilities in terms of the different movements, the different physical skills that can be gained through using dough resources. Um, and there are, I think, I think really quirky resources within a dough area. That's why I, th- I think it's always an interesting area to talk about because there are so many quirky resources within a dough area that I think we can provide that will that will that will encourage and nurture so many different physical skills so um and many of them have have really funny names don't they extruders you ever, <laughs> have you heard of extruders Luella? andy I, I this is one that i had i'd never used the term extruders before <laughs> you definitely have introduced me to that <laughs> An extruder. So an extruder, for people who are not uh, aware of the extruder, the world of the extruder, extruders are a bit like a syringe. So they, um, so I know it's something that we stock at Early Excellence. They have, they in our collections, they in our dough collections, they are, they're a green and yellow um, um, resource that looks a bit like a chunky syringe. Um, and there are, there are a number of them. And what you basically do is you feed the um, the dough in at one end, and then it has a plunger, and it you would plunge the dough through, and then at the end, at the other end where the dough is coming out, there is a hole, but there are, there are holes for the different extruders. The holes have different shapes or different patterns, and so that when you press it through, that you will be making a, a kind of a, a long square shape kind of, um, you know, almost like a cuboid shape of of dough, or you might be making kind of something that looks a bit like piping on a cake, or, you know, all sorts of different kinds of shapes um, and different patterns that go with it. Um, but again, great for physical development, of course, and just a really interesting kind of thing. Um, it always takes me back to, and, and not many of the people listening to this will be of my sort of age, I don't think, but... Um, Kind of, I'm sure, like back in when when I was a child, they they used to be kind of play-doh molding things that you could buy that were sort of almost like a tool station, 
like a like a like a dough kitchen or tool station. So you used to be able to kind of lift plungers and press things down and press buttons, and then yeah, dough would come out. You're you're a lot younger than me, Luella. Is that is that something? It is, yeah. I, I you've just unlocked a memory there for me, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And and there's something really satisfying for children exploring how that dough makes a new shape, isn't there? Yeah, 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 definitely. It's that cause and effect kind of thing, isn't it, that is important for young children. You know, that that going through, well, actually, you know, I put this into here and then this will happen. I'll press this through here, this happens. And the, the similarity, noticing the similarities and the differences between the different plungers, the different extruders and how they work, I think is important. So, so yeah, the extruders are a good resource, great resource to have. Um, the other thing that I think would is, a, is an interesting thing to have is children will often want to make cakes within a dough area. And sometimes that's about making a birthday cake, you know, like one big birthday cake and then sticking things in at the top to represent candles, which is a, a typical thing that children will do. But another thing that they will often want to do is to make cakes as in individual buns, you know, or cakes, you know, in order to kind of share them out. And so having things like um, cake tins or bun tins, whatever you want to call them, with the different indentations for numbers of buns to go in them, actually that in itself is a great thing to have. You know, collections of different sized bun tins that have different numbers of indentations in actually provides all sorts of possibilities there. You know, we talk a lot, don't we, about the importance within mathematics of subitizing, you know, that, that idea of number, kind of number shape or number pattern, if you like, that, you know, three rows of three is nine, for example, or four rows of two is eight. And this is what that number, that number pattern or number shape looks like. Well, actually, we can do that through using things like bun tins, with, especially if we have things like silicon cake, cupcake cases alongside them, um, and ideally of different colours, then that works really well because we can then say, well, we've got eight overall, and and you know four of them are blue and four of them are red. Perhaps you know we can talk about the numbers within a number, which again, you know, great for mathematics. You know that that eight is a, is four and four. Or we might split it up in different ways. So, yeah, all of those conversations and discussions will come from the, the resources and the materials, the, 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 the kind of the carefully chosen resources and materials, but also about adults knowing that they are there for that purpose. So, that, you know, those particular cake tins and those um, silicon cupcake cases have been chosen because we can use them for conversations around number. And so every adult really within the setting needs to know that in order that we can, in, the, in, in order that every adult can tease out those conversations and have those discussions, I think. Yeah. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Because it's, it's one thing providing these resources, but it's the others, the other thing, not just the teacher necessarily knowing what those things are for, but every adult in that space. Because if we're going to be playing alongside children and, you know, role modeling these things, asking questions, then we've got to know what those key learning opportunities are for each resource, which is huge, isn't it? Um, but really important, I think. And that comes comes back to not not just looking at something in a very surface level way and seeing, you know, oh, it's a cupcake case, so let's talk about baking. But actually, there's so many opportunities there for maths as well. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, we mentioned earlier on, didn't we, that, you know, the area itself, we we would recommend focusing on continuity. So really making sure that if you've got a doe area, it's there throughout. You're not rotating it every third week or anything like that. But actually, it's there throughout. Children know where it is. They can come back to it. There's a there's a there's a, a feeling of security and confidence that we that we support and grow through that through that continuity i think as well as independence and autonomy but alongside that um that doesn't necessarily mean that the space itself is completely unchanging um it is of course a great area for enhancements and i wondered whether you could kick us off with with that luella um thinking about enhancements what sorts of things might we introduce into a doe area from time to time through the year. Yeah, I think I think it's there's a great there's some real great opportunities for enhancements around kind of cooking and those sorts of things that children will naturally do in that space, you know. They'll naturally be using kitchen utensils. They'll naturally be mimicking and and kind of role playing in role as a baker, won't they? Um so adding in things like recipe books so that children can have a look through and they can find their favourite dish and they can make a lasagna or whatever it is that they want to make out of dough. It's challenging their thinking, isn't it? It's going beyond making cakes. It's going beyond rolling the dough, but actually thinking about how you can use dough to create layers, to create um, different pieces of food that sit together on the plate and what that can look like, how you can roll individual peas to go on on the dinner and those sorts of things. Um, But adding in a recipe book for inspiration, I wonder how many children these days have seen recipe books. Um, Not many, perhaps. It's the iPad these days, isn't it, Andy? Um, Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... It's an interesting one, isn't it? And what about, um, I mean, the other thing, I suppose, is, is, the, is the link to the real world out there, isn't it? So, so like you say, you know, recipe books are a great link to kind of how we might use dough or something similar within the real world. And, of course, there are other links as well. Um, what about visitors and visits? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking here about cooking and baking as a natural fascination and something that children will naturally be driven to do in a dough area. So... You know, let's get a baker to come in if we can, to come in and visit our setting and to show children how to make dough, how to knead the dough properly. You know, the real professional way to do it. it I think that really grabs children, doesn't it? And you suddenly have 100 bakers in that dough area um, practicing kneading that dough. But I suppose also going out, you know, do you go on trips to the local bakery? Do children associate what they're doing in the dough area with what happens in the local bakery or what happens in um, Greg's down the road? <laughs> Those kind of conversations with children. Um, I know at, at, at my last school, it was always very much about the local Lidl. That was what children knew. You know, it was part of their world. It backed onto the school. Every child went to Lidl. And obviously that had a big bakery section. Um, so a core part of, of that kind of those ner- those opportunities that we had in the nursery class was about taking those children to Lidl, to the bakery, um, to explore and talk about what's on offer there, to unpick it, to have those conversations, to buy some of those things at the till themselves, to buy the ingredients, to come back and to use those opportunities alongside your dough area to then have a go at really being real life bakers. 
um, it's really meaningful, isn't it? And I think it's about it's about those meaningful opportunities. And I think you can you can go even further with that, can't you? You know, you can add things in as enhancements into your dough area that link in with that. So could you add in some um, different foods perhaps into that space that, that offer um, or herbs perhaps that they can add in with the dough? to provide different smells, different textures, change the colour of the dough. You know, all those kinds of conversations, I think, are really, really powerful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other thing is that I mentioned earlier on, didn't I, that um, typically, um, predictably, young children will often play birthdays within the dough area. You know, it's one of those typical things, isn't it, that at some point a child, probably whose birthday is coming up fairly soon, will be be constantly thinking about the fact that it's their birthday coming up and therefore when they go into the dough area their first thought is that they're going to make a birthday cake and then they're going to add something that represents the candles and so on and then they're going to get other children to sing happy birthday they're going to do all of those sorts of things but of course that's to a certain extent oh whilst all of that is powerful and important to talk through and to use it for talking about you know which birthday is next and all of those sorts of things it also opens up, I suppose, another conversation, and that is that cakes and food um, actually are a centre point to many celebrations. So, you know, not just birthdays, but actually all kinds of different celebrations from, you know, from Christmas to Diwali. We can talk about how actually cakes have candles on and that actually different celebrations have have. Uh, candles as well. We have a range of different sorts of things that actually the, the discussion around birthdays and celebrations is actually just the, just the beginning of it. And I just wondered, actually, as part of this, whether whether people who are listening, whether 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 actually we make enough of that. I wonder whether you know if you're here listening to this and you're, and you're thinking about your dough area, do you feel that you use your dough area in that way to to kind of to to spark conversations uh, around celebrations in that way, um, to to get children talking about different sorts of celebrations that we might have, that different families might have, but also thinking about not just the difference between those celebrations, but also the similarities. That the dough area actually provides a great context for those sorts of for those sorts of conversations. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a really interesting point, isn't it? it 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 could it can be used as a focal point for so many different topics of conversation, can't it? Um, and interesting as well, you you mentioned that idea of of baking and cakes, and um, it, it seems to be a focal point of the dough area, doesn't it? You wouldn't get a dough area that d- didn't have some sort of cake making going on in it. Um, but you know, do you provide a play cooker in your dough area so children can actually? bake that cake for Christmas or whatever it is that you're having the conversation about. Um, have you thought about what goes into that space or does it sit alongside your domestic role play? Um, you know, it, it's thinking broadly about how dough fits into that bigger picture of provision, isn't it? And how it fits into, like you've just mentioned, Andy, those other conversations that come up with children, those other discussions that we have around understanding the world or perhaps around PSED. Um, and how do we make the most of that space? How do we really ensure that it's not just a space that is just considered a fine motor area, but it's so much more than that?
And that is about it for this week. Thank you very much to Luella for joining us on the podcast, of course, this week. And also to you people for listening along as well. I hope that the conversations that we had, I hope that that all of the things that we talked about you found useful. I hope it's given you lots to consider in terms of developing your practice and also your provision as well. That's about it in terms of the podcast for this week. Just uh, very quickly, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about some exciting news at Early Excellence, and that is that we have launched our new suite of online materials called Inside Out. You'll find lots more information about Inside Out, the suite of online materials, uh, but you'll find a lot more about it on the Early Excellence website. So if you go to earlyexcellence.com, You'll find out all about them. We put together really a suite of videos to support early years practice right the way across the board, really looking closely at all sorts of different areas of provision, looking in depth and providing top tips and planning guides and all sorts of materials to support you in your practice. If you go to earlyexcellence.com, you'll find free taster videos to really get you started in really kind of unpicking what it's all about. Um, but yeah, some really exciting news there. Uh, lots there for you to discover. All right. Uh, that's about it for this week. Thank you again for listening and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.